Hey, welcome back to the Elevate Your Aid podcast. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and I'm just so honored and excited to bring you today's interview with my friend, Tiffany Taylor. I think Tiffany and I met at least 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, when we were both still in the field of housing and residence life. And I think I met her at a training institute. I don't remember. It just feels like Tiffany's always been in my life for some reason. And uh, we both sort of pivoted out of housing about the same time. I think I went first and she followed suit. But I'm talking to her today very specifically because she made that pivot. And even more so than I did, she still advises in the world of higher education, but she doesn't work for a institution of higher education. And right now with what's going on with COVID-19 and so many people are out of work, are losing their jobs, are being furloughed, I think it's a time to really reflect on where we are with our jobs and the career fields we've chosen and make some decisions on whether or not this is the place that we really want to be. My show last week was on how being laid off could be a blessing, and I, I'm sure that that's a very polarizing statement still for some people to digest, but I believe it in my heart and in my soul. I believe that there are jobs that we take that we're not meant to, or there's jobs that we take that maybe we needed to have that experience to understand that we have more talents, that we have more strengths, that we can provide to a company that really, really needs them. And we should be doing the work that's leveraging those strengths and those talents. And Tiffany's going to talk about that very specifically in our conversation today. So before I quote pivot to the conversation with Tiffany, I wanted to go back to an offer that I made on the show last week about talking to folks for free. If you're struggling in that place that you've lost your job or you have been furloughed and you're trying to decide what the next step is, I would love to hop on a Zoom call with you and talk through that a little bit. So if you'll go to my website, which is www.chrismcpeak.com, there's a big pink bar at the top that offers you the opportunity to book a free discovery call with me. And I would love to have that conversation with you guys. And let's talk through it. Even if you wind up just having a 15 minute or 30 minute call with me, I would love to help you kick some stuff around. And let's see if there's not a better job out there for you and and how we can leverage your skills and your talent so that you can go out and get it. Also, don't forget to go sign up for the free online wellness summit called Coping with COVID. Myself and 12 others from the Rise and Bloom Mastermind are talking about all the things that can be helpful right now as we navigate through what's happening with the COVID-19 virus and how folks are being affected on a variety of levels. So the summit talks about wellness and immunity and food and exercise and fitness. And we talk about self-love and self-care. And I'm thrilled for everybody that's already taking a peek at it and you can go to copingwithcovidsummit.com or again you can go to my webpage chrismcpeak.com forward slash coping and you can find your way to sign up for the free summit right there up next my interview with the amazing tiffany taylor Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Elevate Your Aid podcast. I'm your host, Chris McPeak. And today we are going back in time a little bit to my previous life as a housing professional. We are talking to my very good friend, Tiffany Taylor, who is the training coordinator, training and leadership coordinator for Handshake. 
Did I get awesome. it right? Uh, it's the training and education lead. Really, we know uh, higher ed has titles, the titles with words on titles. So yeah. I compare oh, and we're not even getting into acronyms today. So LOL. <laughs> <laughs> that would take a much longer time than any podcast has. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So Tiffany, like myself, you are a quote, recovering housing professional, which is how we know each other. So sure. at what point did you decide to leave that field and how did you work your way into this new gig? Yeah, um, so the short version of a long story that we should have on our run-in cocktails is, yes. you know, like many, many of us, you know, you don't or few and if you joined higher ed for the pay you should probably reflect on your life that's not why many <laughs> of us end up in higher ed and specifically residential life that we we actually believe in its purpose and i would say even more so how you and i know each other is that we were joiners and community builders the, the work we were doing was volunteer leadership that had nothing to do with maybe specifically yeah. our institution and so it was actually that strangely enough that led me away from it. As I was moving up, um, graciously, I, um, I was getting a bigger title, um, for the most part, a larger salary and uh -huh. even more access allegedly to power and oversight and being able to build more and make more happen. But um, at the time, I'd actually left residential life, went into, I wanted to expand um, my scope and experience in student affairs. Um, had you and I been having this podcast three years ago, you'd have asked Tiffany, hey, what do you want to do? And I wanted to become president of my own university. Um, you know, somehow I had this vision in my head of removing all the red tape you and I had spent years uh, back yes. And I was moving up. Um, I was realizing I was having less power and less access that I actually reflected back to when I was a first time director of a residential community. And I was like, wait, I have more power in this building than I did as I was having more access over a department. And so as I started to reflect on that, there was an incongruence there. I was like, okay, so you're going to become a president and still, and, and that's, that, that's not with a disrespect to current presidents. No, I not think at all. Their role is their role. Right. And so um, then I was like, okay, are you going to become a chancellor? And I was going, oh, hell, this is never going to happen. <laughs> and so I was really, really conflicted with maybe it was my scope of just looking at the community college district or just looking at my CSUs. But I didn't see that changing because here I was moving up and allegedly being able to change that. And I actually felt less scope of ability than I did. Like I said, I reflected back to when I was a first time director. I was like, wait. I was doing way more for those students. I was enacting change at the drop of a dime because you had your sphere of influence, right? Most great directors right. didn't hear what you were doing in your building. They were like, great, you're making it happen. Children aren't dying. You're keeping them healthy. Your numbers look good. And so um, I think it was the culmination of that when I started to open the door a little and thought about, okay, I'm either riding this train and crossing my fingers that I was going to be a different director, a different president, um, or was there a way for me to utilize the 15 years that we had spent in my, you know, professional experience, experience outside of that? And could there be a space that I could still marry what we got into the field for the passion uh -huh. to drive change specifically with students and not throw away the 15 years either, right? I was uh -huh. like, uh, well, that was a lot of time. So whatever you're going to yeah. do has to also leverage 
what I was putting in because I actually care about what I did. And I was at the risk of sounding pompous, pretty, um, like we had done some good work and I wanted to give myself that credit, uh-huh. um, but also figure out where else that could be. So that got me doing, I think you had another question that we'll get to in a bit. And I start to open the door a little bit wider as much as I love our field. I think we very much put people in a funnel, right? Uh-huh. Like you are an assistant director, then associate director, then a director, then an eight, right? Like we have a very clear funnel of what that looks like. Right. And I think that's because we want great people. So we want to keep them here, but we, we we're not really good at saying, Hey, have you thought about doing orientation? Have you thought about doing policy creation? Have you thought about right. We're not really good at saying, Oh, you're in conduct. You can do this. You do in title nine. You can also do, we're not very good at just rallying everyone and saying, Hey, you don't have to leave, leave, but there is a whole army yeah. of opportunity around here for you. And I was both a victim and a perpetrator of that. Right. And <laughs> right. So, um, the moment I opened the door, it just got wider and wide and not necessarily just with you. Um, opportunity it was also filled with rejection, but it was, it was options that I hadn't yeah. even told myself or even the industry wasn't saying it was for me. I was just like, mm, it could work. Like look at this yeah. in a different way. And so, um, that really allowed me to think of, okay, well, what is education adjacent? And Chris, you know, the amount of vendors that schools that we spend our budget on, of uh-huh. course, they should want people with our background. Right. And I was even just thinking software, think of all the consults, think of all the products, all the services, all. The, and the moment I started to look at that, I was like, holy hell, the director book could open up ad infinitum. Now, all I had to then do is sift well, what do you want? Where do you have connections? But the truth is there's so much education adjacent. I probably found one of the closest because I'm in ed tech, but it didn't even have to need that. I just really started to think about where our budget line items go. And I'm going, we've made some great connections here. Aren't these people doing great work? Think about all the nonprofit folks that we do work with in residential Uh life, the foster youth and the community. I mean, but it's amazing how that didn't even seem possible when I was right. thinking about, I was just like, wait, where am I going to go? Is there, is there anything? Is it, it really felt limiting, but the moment the door opens, you're like, wait, the floodgates of opportunity truly is there. It just really depends on what your path wants to look like for you. I so, love the analogy yeah. of the funnel because it, it's, I had never thought about it that way. And, you know, I've read article after article about, Oh, higher education and, and especially residence life are losing good people, but it's coming out of this notion like, well, I feel like this is all I can do. So if this is all I can do, I'd better get some other experience because I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel, um, what's the word bottlenecked. And yeah. that, that funnel concept is just, is brilliant. And the whole casting the net. Well, and you know, so tell us what you're doing now. And as you talked about opening that door, the more doors you open, the more possibilities that you found. So what right, is this right. education and, handshake thing? Yeah. And, and just to go back to what you just said, it was so true. I was looking at, and I'm only saying this because you know, Kenrick, I was ready to right. move up and I'm going, wait, but my next position is Kenrick's and I don't want him to go anywhere. Right. Like it, it really right. felt like this very clear funnel. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's so true. And the people that you work with for a really long time and you come to respect them and then you realize that, oh, well, moving up here means that he has to leave. And that's, yeah, that's not sustainable, but it, it feels oogie too, right? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. 
So in that exploration, I knew we started off this conversation by saying the mission driven was so important to me. I, I didn't want to leave higher ed by any means. Mm -hmm. And so that exploration, when we talk about what was coming through the door, really helped my filter very easily. I was looking for skill matching, but I also needed something um, you, like many of us in higher ed, have unhealthy work habits. I can own that. But I knew that I worked so much. It had to be something that I felt good about going to bed at night. It just had mm -hmm. to. And, um, and so that started to, to, to help with some of the filtering. Who were folks that were very mission-driven and then mission-aligned? And so in that, um, I had never known about ed tech or even the categorization of ed tech. Had I, had I used many of these platforms? Sure. But again, in order to world as versed as I thought I was, I knew diddly squat. I felt like I was taking myself back to school, um, learning about all these programs. And there were so many, um, you know, no red ink, there was scrimmable, there's grammable, there is irritating, all these folks. And so Handshake really, um, I fell in love with. I mean, they have these tenants that I, I thought, how did this young company, co-founders younger than me, somehow create a mission in like six words around everything that I thought I'd built my career on, you know, and it was about democratizing access to students. And I thought, wait, we've been fighting for this before you all were in this world, you right. know, and I, I mean, I felt this kind of impassion, like, this isn't yours, it's mine. That's like, right. <laughs> but that's absolutely what made it feel right, you know, from the beginning. I had fallen in love with them. And I remember thinking I'd been rejected before and I was going, damn, if I get rejected from this one, it's going to hurt mm -hmm. particularly more. You know, when you know that you're just like, maybe I want them more than they want me, you know, which is the good feeling, right? That's what you want. Absolutely. To yeah. Um, hopefully the feeling was mutual. I started off as a, um, a customer success manager. We call them university um, managers at Handshake. Handshake is essentially a recruiting platform for early talent. And that's kind of our okay. separator from, from LinkedIn. You know, when the student young graduates from college, they're not necessarily feeling, oh, look at me with five, 10 years of experience with XYZ. People come to Handshake specifically to recruit early talent. Um, oh, so wow. when, folks, when folks like JP Morgan, um, any of the, well, we have all the big five, any small businesses, any company wants to help with their branding for a, early talent recruiting pool, they come to Handshake. And so it, to me, that's, that's me helping students, right? I speak to hired professionals every day, which I love, because um, it makes me feel like I'm back in that world. Mm -hmm. um, and that certainly bought me, um, like, I got to build up a customer base where I, where I got to spend time learning the platform. But I was talking with my people now, right? right? Folks met me and they were like, oh, Tiffany understands budget, reporting structures, stakeholders, red tape, like nobody's business. Right. So yes, you that do. felt really, really good. That's so cool. And so now, now you're running your own department there. Yes. Well, we are so small, so I could never call it a department, but I kind of gave myself my own, um, my own timeline. I said, I understood, we'll get to this in a second and another one of questions. I knew where I had to start, but I also knew what I was capable of. Um, and after a year, I got a great uh, 360 review. And so I was like, okay, this is your time to pitch a position and have it built out for you. And yeah. um, it was great to hear the company agree. Yes, Tiffany, we are clearly underutilizing you, but also you showed us that you're kind of our Swiss army knife for education and you do have great customer relations skills. And so I knew there was a part of my brain that hadn't been turned on while I was there. So being able to build out this 
training and education um, role. I am just a party of one, um, but it means that I'm creating training for higher ed professionals who might be less tech savvy. They have a high turnover on their team. They're trying to figure out the okay. platform. Um, and so it's still new. This only started early this year, but it, but I feel so great that I was able to kind of create this position and have the company realize that in me as well. And, and it's a challenge, which I love um, because it's new to all of us. You did that one thing that we're all encouraged to do when we're thinking about like, oh, I need to move up. Oh, I want more money. Demonstrate added value. And that's exactly what you did. You said, Absolutely. these are the talents I have that you're not tapping into. And let me show you how I can provide them. And it was a perfect alignment. So, I mean, you are living proof that that is a completely and totally doable thing. And so like kudos to you, cause that's amazing. Um, I think a lot of people are definitely frightened of that concept because it means taking a risk. Um, oh, yeah. absolutely. I was scared out of my mind when I went into that one. one <laughs> I was, I knew I, I had the deck, I had it all pitched. I had these positions, I had research industry, but I also had to be prepared for the rejection. Tiffany, this is sure. not what we're looking at now. We can't expand in this way. We're not prepared or we, we actually aren't even looking at that right now. I, I had, I had been prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had to be okay with if that answer was no. Right. Right. Totally. Okay. So let's talk about, we talked about the way that you cast that net earlier and open doors. What were three specific things that you did to change your focus so you could find that job in a different field? Yeah. Um, level set expectations on salary, right? Mm -hmm. I could not, I think there's this fallacy of, oh, you're running to tech, you're running to ed tech. That money was going to start raining from the trees. Uh, I had spent years in higher ed and I had moved up accordingly and I couldn't, my next step would have been, I was on the track to be a vice president at the community college. I could not have expected to transition an entire field to a new company and be like, oh, Tiffany, go earn your VP dollars. Um, and so that was a very clear, I, I had done my own research of what is the lowest I was willing to take so I could still pay the bills and be the human that I want to be. Um, but that was very important to do because you start to, you kind of get to the next, uh, my number two about level set expectations on roles and responsibilities. Okay. Again, I had to extend myself of, I didn't know anything about tech or maybe even want to do customer support or customer success, but I had to see, I had to envision where it could get me to. And I had to humbly think, Tiffany, if you're pivoting careers, you have to start somewhere. And I'm not going to call it yeah. the bottom of the ladder. I think it's where I needed to be. But I was also able to work the hell out of that position to show them, hey, so I've done this piece. Now here's where we can go. But I had to create some humility around that because I, I definitely, it's about like getting your id and your ego set to the side yes. um, because I could not have started here. I could not have. Yeah, totally. Um, well, let, I'm going to go off uh, book for a yeah. second because I'm thinking very specifically about the current scenario that we are living in, this new normal of the world with COVID-19. And there's a buttload of people out there. I think I heard something to the tune of like 30 million Americans have filed for unemployment in like the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. So like, what are you seeing as somebody who's working with higher education institutions with with grads that are coming out like do people feel really anxious about finding work are people optimistic like how are we coaching our this year's grad pool to kind of feel like they can take control of their their you know fledgling career yeah no um and i'm so glad you asked that because we've been hosting 
webinars weekly. Our, our career services folks, as you know, care deeply and they are just as eager to help our um, new grads as our totally. employers are. I think a really, the question that comes up every week, we, we, a couple weeks ago, we were hosting AMAs, Ask Me Anything for our students. And every week, different sets of students would say, hey, um, I still haven't heard from this employer. Hey, how do I ask? They're, they're looking for that communication for the employer. Yeah. And and we are reminding them that for the first time in probably any of our lifetimes, we are all being affected by this. And so mm -hmm. that's not to say that you should let the employer off the hook, but understand this employer is trying to figure out, will they stay open? Do they have to let people go? That they are also human. We yeah. are all incredibly still, employers are just as anxious as our new grads are. And it is a very um, new equalizing experience that we're having, right? That right. And, and you hold all of this. Is my company in jeopardy? And we have our grads thinking, is my future in jeopardy? And then with all of that, we're thinking about our homes, our lives, our safety. Our, and so it's been this, as, as philosophical as it might sound, it might, it's been this very human communication of, remember, we are all people. Uh -huh. We're all experiencing this. We're all trying to pay bills and we're all trying to think of the next thing as well. That being said, the best advice that we've given to grads as we have, um, because a portion of the company also serves employers and our employers are saying, hey, we are still trying to figure this out, but help us stay top of mind. That uh -huh. being said, we're telling grads, stay top of mind to that employer. So still outreach, show empathy in your communication with the employer. Hey, no, things must be a bit busy right now. I am still interested in being in your pipeline. Please yeah. let me know what's the best way to do that. And so, because some folks are also using this as a time to pivot. I love mm -hmm. one of our career counselors said, look at other options. This goes back to where we started our conversation about opening yeah. the door. Um, I loved his, his real perspective was, so your bill's got to get paid, right? Mm -hmm. And it's okay to open another door. But my favorite was that his wraparound was, don't look at that as just a stopgap because this opportunity could be something great. The other day I saw this huge ad on the TV for Domino's that was saying, hey, we're still hiring. And I'm not saying to look down on what that could be, but what if you at Domino's create an app for something, you know, and just really yeah. looking at it as these, what this could be is a breeding ground for opportunity that you would not have looked at before. Totally. Oh my gosh, you're giving me so many things to think about right now. I might have to have you come back a second time so we can dig a little deeper. I was no problem. Dive, dive a little deeper, but I hate that terminology deep dive. It drives me crazy. Everybody's saying it now. Deep dive is the new hip thing to say. It drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> if you could go back in time before you took that very first housing job, would you change anything about your career tra trajectory? I can't say that word. Um, no, because I realize now it gave me this Swiss army knife. I'm the only person on my team with my background. Yeah. And so, um, it, it really, it made me the bankable human that I think I am in this field. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think what I would have changed is maybe exactly what you and I started about talking about not looking at it as a funnel and not even, I feel like you and I have both had mentees in the field and I was definitely like, okay, so here's what you need to, need, need to do to get from here to here to here that maybe even right. I would have been better at sharing. All right, let's, let's think about what this could look like. What if you dabbled in orientation and what if you, you know, that maybe I would have been a better mentor. Yeah. Um, but I think I would have just maybe have, I, when I said I took myself back to school, I mean, I was researching company after mm -hmm. company that maybe I would have opened up my my even encyclopedia bank in my head of like what that could have looked like because it really felt 
like I was pressured in that time to, to learn more and understand more that maybe I could have been building up that, 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 um, library in my head over the years. Yeah, for real. Um, oh my gosh, I love it. I'm so proud of you. Like I'm thinking back to when we first met and I was like at a conference. So I think it was at a WTI, I think is yes. where we first met and yep. we became running buddies and we did all this conferencing together and like, mm -hmm. look at you now. You're like, you're living the dream girl. It's, oh, I'm so grateful. Well, let's be so clear. Perfect. We're all proud of you. Oh, stop. You're so nice. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a good time. This is fun. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Um, Let's talk about tailored tonics. I had almost forgotten about that because I'm seeing this on Instagram and there's some pretty luscious things in those pictures. It's so ridiculous. And talk about, you know, something that did not mean to overflow into my work, but what has now started to happen? You know how folks are doing these virtual happy hours? Yeah. So uh, just last week, the, the sales team, our partnerships team asked me, they were having a team um, cooking. And so the, the, the lead of that team gave everyone a grocery list and taught everyone how to make their own homemade uh, pesto and whatever. And they asked me, well, Tiffany, can you kick us off with a cocktail? Can you show us how to make a cocktail? And I gave everyone the ingredients and I made, I made a bee's knees, but we called it the handshake hustle. And I love it. We've done a great job that week. And so it, it's just, I was like, these should not be blending. This is like the most unprofessional thing that I've ever been doing <laughs> on the side. Um, but I, I do love to make cocktails. I made I created this themed cocktail for um, a friend's wedding and I was able to build out the ingredients and they gave it to the bartender. So went to the wedding and I was like, I'm drinking my drink till that scale. And so it's just a fun little, uh, I like things that look pretty in a glass. So yeah. Well, it, yeah, you guys, listeners out there, you need to follow this account because it's beautiful. Tailored tonics on Instagram. Amazing. Okay. So I like to do this rapid fire at the end of yes. my show and I've changed the questions. So you're getting all new questions. Okay. So excited. It. Okay. Coke or Pepsi? Mm. I know you said rapid fire, but I really, I really only like my Coke if Jack is with it. So Jack, oh, and, fair Coke, enough. Jack and Coke. Jack and we'll Coke. Coke. Yeah. Jack and Pepsi just doesn't have the same ring. It doesn't, it doesn't have the ring. <laughs> Would you rather have cake or pie? Pie. Would you rather have coffee or tea? Tea. Would you rather watch a movie or a good TV show? Mm. Movie. Who do you prefer, John Wayne or Clint Eastwood? Oh, Clint. We'll go with okay. Clint. Are you a National League or American League person? Neither. Fair enough. And if you were going to go get some aquatic fun, would you prefer open water swimming or pool swimming? Open water, island okay. baby, all the way. Yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting. How can I forget, though, with that luscious accent that you have? <laughs> okay, so this is the final feature is my thing called, it's a new thing, called Little Things That Piss Me Off. So I want you to share something inherently silly about people, the nature of people that frustrates you. And I'll give you an example. Okay. So when people put their toilet paper back on, like they're replacing their toilet paper, it drives me crazy when the roll goes over the top, I want yeah. the roll to go underneath. So that's just one example. That's a little thing that pisses me off. Um, mine really, I, and it should not get me this upset. It's, <laughs> it's people who don't use their indicator. Oh, like right. When you're, 
I like it and it gets under my skin and let's be clear you can drive for three minutes and about 15 people don't and I don't I don't like it when they're just switching lanes Uh, my partner he agrees until when we're in the turning lane and I'm like why don't they have on their indicator and he goes because there's a big arrow on the ground that already tells you everyone is turning and so I it's just it's the blatant lack of use of indicators that I just it it just gets under me and it's so bad it's why I prefer to drive alone because the human who shows up in the car is not a human who should be out (laughs) in the world Oh my gosh, this has been a slice of heaven. I'm so excited to see your face again. It's been a while. And I'm just deciding right now we're going to have Tiffany back on the show to continue talking about some of this career development stuff. You've made a true transition and it's blossomed into something beautiful. And like I said before, super proud, you know, of what you're doing and super proud to, you know, be your colleague in the world of education. So where can people find you online if they want to connect with you or yeah yeah if you um maybe a little bit better than tailored tonics i do these (laughs) uh tailored uh tips for customer relation and people have really on linkedin and people have really said that i've had engineers contact me saying hey i think what you're sharing is applicable to my role and and of course you and i both know it's just tips for how we should be with people um whether we're in business with them or not so um tiffany taylor backslash learning i think on linkedin you you'll find me Um, is probably the best way. But you can also follow Taylor Tonics if you're feeling thirsty. (laughs) If you are, yes, absolutely. Well, that's one of my favorite things to follow on Instagram. Friends, we've been talking with Tiffany Taylor of Handshake, and thank you so much for being on Elevate Your Eight. Absolutely. Well, we're proud of you, and thank you for always bringing folks in your circle. So thank you. Thank you. All right. You know, what I think we need more than ever right now is a way to take care of ourselves and cope with what might be phrased as the new normal. Many of you are working from home for the first time ever, you're seeing your kids all day long, and needing a way to connect with others in a way that's responsible and safe. I've got a one-stop shop for you at chrismcpeak.com forward slash coping. Do you need some self-care? Got it. How about some true reinvestment in your faith? no problem. Feeling, quote, stuck at home and need help and an escape? I've got your back. Some of my favorite peeps, including Allison Melody, Marissa Iman, and Ultimate Bundles have some kick-ass resources right now, and you can find all the goods at chrismcpeak.com forward slash coping. Be there or be square.